This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Jayhawk and Wildcat fans. I switched that up this week. And welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio for me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. And Michael, I'm not a gambler. That, that might be a lie. But if I had bet Kansas to win at halftime of that Baylor game, I would not be here today. I would probably be in Hawaii or someplace. There are a lot of KU fans that are headed to Hawaii after that game. I'll tell you that much, Fitz. Wow, that was incredible. Never really seen anything like that. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question, make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that appears each week. On Monday, at Monday morning in the form of a podcast I can't read tonight, Michael, we've got problems. At both GoPowerCat and Fog.net, and we start things off with our two-minute drill. I'm a mess. The first segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Kansas turned a 17-point deficit, it was 13 and a half, right, into a 87-71 victory over Baylor on Saturday. What in the world happened inside of Helen Fieldhouse? Well, with several members of the 2022 national title team, I think this year's team wanted to have a bit of an ode to last year's national title game. It had similar vibes to what you saw in that title game in the Elite Eight game against Miami, where KU looks totally lost offensively in the first half, and the other team is going berserk from behind the arc. Baylor played about as well as any team inside of Allen Fieldhouse that I've seen this season, maybe outside of TCU. And they look like they're ready to boat race KU and what would have been a Big 12 title race altering win. And then coming out in the second half, KU just decided to turn it up a gear and then another gear and then another gear and Baylor could not match them. I think it all starts with DeWan Harris. One shot attempt in the first half and he goes on to score 14 points with nine total assists incredible performance from him, but also just Kansas as a team. And I think you're seeing in this game exactly what issues Kansas has and also the really their, their biggest strength, which is the ball movement, the body movement, the intensity that they can ratchet up to. This is what you saw in December when KU was blowing out other high major teams. This is a team that can turn up the gears and on defensively, offensively, make it really hard on other teams. And in the second half, you saw guys like Kevin McCullough and Dewan Harris start locking up some of those Baylor guards in LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler. They combined for 10 points 
in the second half after the they and Keontae George combined for 40 points in the first half. Those guys defensively really sparked it. Jalen Wilson as a whole made winning plays in the second half, did a good job guarding against George. And as a whole, this KU team just decided that, hey, this is not a game we're going to lose. And when KU decides to start playing like this, they're really hard to beat. And this is the type of game that I think will give them even more confidence than they already had, that they can come back from any sort of deficit and make it a game. Because Baylor is one of the best teams in the country. They can shoot the ball, they can score, they have issues guarding, and KU took advantage of that. But overall, this is a really impressive win and one that is really gonna boost KU's resume because it's another quad one win. Let me recap Bill Self leaving the halftime locker room. Curtis, engage turbo mode. Really, Coach, you wanna do that? Turbo mode. And they did. I, they closed that gap so fast, it was just stupid. I don't, I don't even, I don't understand basketball. I mean, you see 33-point swings in a non-conference game, but to see it in a Big 12 game against a top 15 team, pretty impressive. Against a team that's a legitimate national title contender, they're playing that well, and they looked awful in the second half. KU just took them apart. Just wild. All right, Fitz, let's get to Manhattan, where K-State trailed Iowa State by eight at half, and the second half, Surge led the Wildcats to a 61-55 to victory. So, Fitz, for K-State, what changed? Yeah, it wasn't as dramatic as what happened in Allen Fieldhouse, but K-State found its own version of turbo mode. They started that second half very fast and closed the gap very quickly. That should sound familiar. And then they just really kind of settled into a much better level of basketball. Look, there's been a couple things that have really been troubling K-State. First of all, they've been inconsistent defensively. I guess this is three things. Uh, they have not shot the ball consistently, particularly from behind the arc uh, in the last few weeks and they've also turned the ball over much too much. And this time they only turned it over 11 times. And that's, that's a big improvement for where K-State's been. And it helped them outscore Iowa State off of turnovers, something that they haven't done consistently in a while. They rebounded better, they defended better, and Marquise Noel kind of had the benefit of a kind of a lucky bounce. I don't want to say lucky, but he got one of those three-pointers that went in after touching the rim about three times. And that just made a world of difference for K-State because that got Mr. Noel going, and boy, was he great. 18 points of his 20 came in the second half as he really lit it up for K-State, and everyone seemed to kind of relax. They were carrying the burden of losing too many games. Now they've won two of their last, I don't know, seven, something like that since the Florida game. Or, And I tell you what, they just haven't been very efficient. But they have one at home. And we know one thing in this conference. If you're going to step into someone else's arena, you better be elite. Because Kansas State hasn't been for the last two games, losing to Tech and Oklahoma, maybe the two worst teams in the conference, although Tech looks like it's waking up. And they did come home and beat a pretty good Iowa State team. That also has struggled on the road as of late because it's hard to win on the road in this conference, particularly as the season wears on. This was a huge win for Kansas State. They needed to make sure they had more wins on their resume to ensure that they're not just going to be in the field. I think they're in the field. But now how highly will they be seated? Because that has come into question because this first 16 announced by the NCAA shocked me, Michael absolutely shocked me. I'll tell you what, Fitz, you mentioned how hard it is to win road games in the Big 12. I think this midweek game between Baylor and K-State mm. is going to tell us a lot about where both those programs are at, right? Baylor coming off of a tough road loss and K-State coming off of maybe a momentum swinging win. 
Uh, he'll be so conflicted. Jerome Tang cried and literally after beating Baylor in Waco because he, that's his family down there and Scott Drew. But he needs this win in Manhattan. I, it, it, wow, it's going to be interesting. And speaking of which, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee released its top 16 seeds on Saturday, and I love this. And the Big 12 had five teams included. Michael, what were your thoughts on the initial release? It just shows how legit the Big 12 is. And you want to talk about another team that should have been on it that probably may end the season on it, TCU. They're a team that has been not whole for a while with Mike Miles injured and then also Eddie Lampkin managing some injuries in there as well. But overall, you look at it, right? KU's a one seed, Baylor and Texas are two seeds, and then you've got Iowa State and K-State as your three seeds. So really, you're even talking about five of the top 12, right? We're not even talking about diving into really the yeah. four-seed area. That's so incredible. overall, just incredibly impressive. It shows how legit the Big 12 is. And I'm fascinated to see where these teams end up, right? Because right now, KU and K-State are in the same region. That would make for an interesting matchup in the NCAA tournament. Will we see a Big 12 matchup at any point in the NCAA tournament? I'm fascinated to see how this bracket turns out because I think the Big 12 teams, with the way this conference has been, might be built for March when games get tight and a little gritty and you need to have that intensity. I think Big 12 teams will have it. Now, I'm fascinated to see too, can a Texas or a Baylor get up to the number one line, right? That would take Purdue faltering, Houston faltering, Alabama faltering, or maybe even Kansas faltering. But I'm overall, I think it's really impressive that the Big 12 has this many teams in the top 12. I, I was stunned to see K-State at a three. I mean, that is literally coming off of the losses on the road to Tech and Oklahoma, and yet I thought they might fall out of that top 16. Now they were still in the top 12. And that's so advantageous for Kansas State and Kansas State fans because that might mean they will get either Des Moines or Denver. What was interesting about that, though, they had both K-State and KU in the Las Vegas region. So they would have a potential for an Elite Eight matchup. Gee, that's happened before. But I look at the Big 12 this way. We're in the middle of a forest. And let's say there's about 350 trees in this forest. And as we look up, we realize these 12 trees are around us are really impressive, or 10, whatever they are. And uh, we look at these trees, they're like, they're really nice. But we don't get the full perspective until you back away and look at the entire forest like the committee did and said, boy, those Big 12 teams are really good. They're standing tall. Mm-hmm. And they're getting a lot of lot of love. TCU is going to roar to life now that they have Michael, Mike Miles back. And it, what a mess. Kansas City is going to be a blast. It is. And I also think KU should be pushing for maybe the number one overall seed. You win the Big 12. Yep. I don't even care what other teams do. It should be an automatic number one overall seed because you have to prove night in and night out that you're better than, again, some of the top 25 best teams in the country. Oh, we're going along in the segment, but I am going to keep an eye on that Des Moines sub-regional that that pot up there because you've got Iowa State, KU, and K-State, and they'll only send one or two teams into that out of that group. Um, I personally think Iowa State and K-State, because KU is going to sell wherever they go, send them to Denver, but bring them back to Kansas City. That'd be my plan. But nobody listens to me. I, I know. I, did, I don't know why. But here, let's take a quick look at our poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, last week's question was, with six games to play, who should be the front runner for Big 12 Coach of the Year? T.J. Altsberger got 7% of the vote. Jerome Tang got 36% of the vote. Rodney Terry from Texas got 16% of the vote. And Bill Self got 41%. And, and look, I cover Kansas, but that's, that's silly. Yeah, I mean, I don't, look, I'm, 
people are just picking their favorite coach in that list, but it will, it will be interesting to see how that shakes out. Mm-hmm. Here's this week's questions. Question, how many Big 12 teams deserve an NCAA tournament bid? If you want six, that's not, a, that's not an available answer. I'm not giving it to you. Here are your answers. A, B, C, D are 7, 8, 9, and 10. Should the whole conference get in? That was brought up in that meeting also in the TV portion of the announcement. Interesting, interesting. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 All right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KUNK State on the Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our two-minute drill, this segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Dewan Harris helped swing Saturday's game in KU's favor. Yeah, he was remarkable. Is he the Jayhawks' X-factor as postseason play approaches? I really think so. Obviously, Jalen Wilson, I think, is going to go on to win the Big 12 Player of the Year, but game in and game out if you're going to pick one person and one staff that you have in to look overtime. at it's got to be but they have Dewan Harris in the scoring he's not lost or KU has not lost a game in his career when he scored 10 or more points KU has not lost a game this season when he scored four points or more this is a guy that when he's aggressive and he's getting to the rim and he's making plays happen he takes KU to a whole another level and when you've seen KU kind of hit that turbo button at times this season it's Dwan Harris pushing the pace and trying to make plays happen, as you see here if you're watching on television. I think overall, Harris and his value to KU cannot be understated. Obviously, KU would not be here without Jalen Wilson, but for KU to reach its ceiling, Dwan Harris has to be the player you saw in the second half on Saturday, where he is forcing the issue with his float game in terms of coming off the pick and roll, his passing, and then also his defense. Obviously, Bill Self has raved about his defense for three seasons now, and I think his resume probably speaks for itself. Will probably be a first-team All-Big 12 defensive player again this season. So overall, I think you can pinpoint each player in KU starting five is important, but game in and game out, if Dewan Harris is doing what he did against Baylor and what he has done as KU as this season has hit the turbo button, right? You think about the Texas game, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and then Baylor again. If he is scoring, KU is so hard to beat because you know what Grady Dick's going to bring you. You know what Jalen Wilson's going to bring you. And if KJ Adams and Kevin McCullough show up as well, all of a sudden you've got five you feel really, really good about. And then the bench doesn't really matter as much. So overall for me, I think Harris is KU's X factor. I think maybe someone like Grady Dick might be better considered as the glue guy where he's on the floor. The offense is at another level. And obviously Jalen Wilson might be the most important player. But the guy game in and game out that has to play for Kansas and play well is Dewan Harris. That's an ugly three-point shot, but it goes in once in a while. It, that's ugly. It's amazing that he's that effective as a point guard that, that he gets away with that. 
Well, get this, Fitz. Bill Self swears that he's a really good shooter, and he just doesn't shoot very many of them. I'm fascinated next season when he has to take another step forward in terms of being an alpha if that three-point shot and those percentages match up what Bill Self has said. Well, he, he's pretty good at making them match up. That he is. All yeah. right, Fitz. Well, let's discuss something off the court for a little bit because on Saturday, Kansas State held the final sports event in an indoor track meet at Ahern Fieldhouse. You watch basketball games there. How cool was it? it, it I, there's nothing like it out there. And, and every time in, I'm in the Allen Fieldhouse, I appreciate that Kansas never surrendered that. They've renovated it. And in hindsight, I wish we had at K-State, I was a student when we voted uh, in favor of building Bramlage Coliseum. It should have been a, a Hearn renovation. We didn't do it, and I regret it. It was amazing, but let's be honest here. It was an acoustical train wreck. If you think anything out there now is loud, and so much of the noise nowadays is by those giant speakers, this was all crowd noise because the giant building had a metal roof. It was just awful. It was so loud. Even volleyball talked about how loud it was for a couple thousand people. It's sad for me. I mean, when I was a kid, one of my earliest memories is in the 70s uh, with Chucky Williams and Mike William, Mike uh, Evans playing for K-State. I got to see a game uh, in Ahern Fieldhouse. And then, of course, when I was in college as a young journalist, I covered games in Ahern Fieldhouse where you had to climb up into the crow's nest, something there's no way I would do now. I have a lot of fond memories, but most of it goes back to this. Kansas State's greatest years as a basketball program, and I just saw someone put out a list of the 25 all-time basketball programs in college basketball in case it was at number 25. If you're young, you don't understand what that building meant and how great Kansas State basketball was from 1950 to 1988 when it was open. And here's the thing that just freaks me out a little bit. Bramlage Coliseum opened in 88 and is now in its about 35th year of usage. Ahern only served as the basketball home for 38 years. We're coming up really quickly on the matching date where Kansas State basketball will have been in Ahern and Bramlage for the same amount of time. That might be a perfect time to do that renovation that they've talked about. We will see, but farewell, my friend. They've got a purpose for it, Michael. We don't know what it is. They'll be tearing the gym and auditorium portions down they will keep the building, and they haven't announced what they're going to do with it, but I'm excited to hear what it will be. Hopefully a giant Whataburger. It's got the shape. It's got, I'm in. It's painted orange and serve me a burger. And now, let's fittingly step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Dara's Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz, let's talk about our favorite subject, the Pac-12, which is reportedly looking at expanding as its media rights negotiations continue, dare I say head south, is the conference in serious trouble? Yeah, it's in huge trouble because they waited so long on their media rights, they can't find anyone to pay them anywhere near what they need for media rights. Even ESPN that was in the negotiations has said, look, we can't give you what we said earlier. If you'd taken that, we'd be locked in. But now we're kind of shaky budget-wise, and we got to back away from this a little bit. I don't know where the Pac-12 is going to come up with the kind of money to keep itself intact, but uh, I am more and more confident that four Pac-12 schools will end up in the Big 12 eventually, and I think the sole reason we're not hearing an announcement on their media rights deal, it's like calling a timeout with 10 seconds left on the clock and five seconds left on the clock. Coach, you're going to lose. Quit stalling. And that's exactly how I feel about this. Yeah, it feels like they're delaying the inevitable. And it feels like it's going to end up on an Amazon or Apple TV. And the issue with that is then the barrier to entry, right? Are yep. people casual is going to go and watch Cal play Stanford? No. 
I'm from that area. The answer is no. The no. people are not going to do that. So I think it's in serious trouble. Uh, my current prediction is Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State. We'll see how it plays out. Now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. All right, Fitz. Our fan question this week is, quote, I saw Jerome Tang jump into the student section again to do the Wabash Cannonball with the students. Why is he showboating like this? And this is from Victor in Topeka. Yeah, this same question appeared on, on Twitter uh, it, from someone else. And it's interesting because he, he lives with such joy. He just jumps into the crowd and does the Wabash Cannonball doing that whole thing. He's having a blast. He does it after victory. No, he's not showboating. He's having fun. He's living with joy. The students love him. He loves the students. Yeah, he, he's all in on the students. That's all. Yeah, I, college sports, it's right. supposed to be fun right not pro sports like you should be able to celebrate and enjoy a good win a big win especially in your first year with the program right you're building something so i i don't understand trying to hate on it nope nope all right well remember to ask us your questions on our facebook page and on twitter at the drive 13 when we return we will look at our predictions here on the drive Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. And it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now let's look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House, meeting your friends at Kites and the Draft House since 1954. That's before me. Don't go there. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. And here are last week's results. The viewers continue to be smarter than the hosts of this show. And this is a problem, but it's also kind of cool. I don't know why they stay up to watch us, just probably to show us up, Michael. They went 3-0, we went 2-1 each. And here are this week's pick picks. We start with KU and West Virginia. KU is a six and a half point favorite. I got KU, they're not, they're not losing. Yeah, I agree. I think they they'll roll. No they'll roll. And next up, let's get to a more interesting game. K-State at home against Baylor. We've got this as a pick I'm going to take Scott Drew getting some revenge. On Jerome Tang, it's very interesting. And I think that's why K-State will be up. They'll be up for their coach. Um, and I've got K-State winning this game. Our final game is Texas at Baylor. Baylor's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This game's in Waco. I'm going with Texas. I don't know why I'm picking Baylor to lose to. I'll take Baylor. Texas has not looked very good recently. They, they almost lost in overtime to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. That whole get, that was a weird weekend. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive Thirteen. Now it's time for our on the clock segment. On the clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community and start with Michael Swain of Fog.net. Well, Fitz, I'll keep this close and I'll talk about a different Fitz. That's Dan Fitzgerald, oh, the new guy. KU baseball coach, and the. Jayhawks just had their first series of the season over the weekend. They beat Valpo 2-1 to one over the course of the three games. I'm excited to see how KU baseball does. They needed a shot in the arm after several years under Skip, and I think a new-look roster where they had the number one JUCO class nationally, which I guess means something in baseball, but I'm interested to see how they do because I think a baseball program can be really good for the student body in the spring, so really rooting for them and interested to see how their first season under Fitz goes. No, that guy. I'm the fits around here, Mr. Man. Hey, K-State basketball is uh, remarkably at in the top 12 of the first 16, the top 16 announced by the NCAA. And I am shocked. I'm amazed. I'm dumbfounded 
but I'm happy for Jerome Tang and the Wildcats. As they've struggled lately, we kind of wondered about this, but to have them on the three line was a little bit surprising. And fans, that might mean you'll get to see them either Des Moines or Denver. We'll see how that shakes out. When they release the bracket after the Big 12 tournament and after everyone beats the snot out of each other at T-Mobile Arena, it's going to – I tell you what, TC's going to win the thing. Just write that down. Just go ahead and bet on that. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. You didn't write it down, Michael. I can't find a pen. Okay. We'll see you here next week and all week on social media. We appreciate you watching. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.